I'm Dave Champion. One of the oddest things that I've noticed since the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak has been the propensity for members of the public to jump on a trendy bandwagon, even to the extent of saying things which are blatant lies in order to be part of the trendiness. Let me give you an example. Uh, back when the death toll for the entire United States was, I think, about 36,000, uh, there were people all over social media saying, oh, yeah, I know a bunch of people who've died of COVID-19. One gentleman on my personal Facebook page, again, back when there was like 36,000 people dead, uh, said something to the effect of that three of his immediate family members were dead. So I pointed out to him that... The odds of him knowing at that point in history, even one person who died of COVID-19, no less three, were concerning one person, the odds were greater that he'd be struck by lightning. The fact that he knew three or claimed to know three people in his immediate family, no less, that had died of COVID-19, that the odds were something like that he'd be struck by lightning in his life like seven times, right? Clearly, this is nonsense. <laughs> And he responded that I was callous to his loss, to his grieving. Yeah, okay, so he was kicked off the page for being a lying sack of crap. But that illustrates how people want to jump on and they, they want to make these claims and they want to be part of the situation, even if they're lying. The latest thing now is for people to claim that they know somebody who's been reinfected. On November 20th, 2020, a study was released that dealt with almost 10 million people concerning SARS-CoV-2 in China. The study has so many really meaningful things uh, to share, but I just want to focus on one today, and that deals with, with this reinfection claim. Over a 19-day period, Chinese medical officials tested 34,424 people who they knew had already been infected with SARS-CoV-2 and a sufficient period of time had passed that they could be presumed to have recovered. Of that 34,424 people that were tested who had previously been infected, they found 107 showed up as reinfected. So if we take that just at face value, that means we're talking about three-tenths of one percent reinfected, right? But is that true? No. As it turns out, it's not true because the Chinese officials then took uh, cultures, viral cultures, from those 107 people and found zero viable virus. So what these, what the test was finding were what we call virus fragments. I don't want to get into the whole thing about is a virus alive, but that's where you use the term viable. Once your immune system has killed the virus, it goes from this singular object and it breaks apart into little bits and fragments. In a person whose body is functioning correctly, the macrophage function of the body will eventually clear those out. However, yeah, if you've got a severely compromised immune process in your body to begin with, 
It is possible, perhaps even likely, that the macrophage function is also compromised. So these fragments are floating around in the tissue, in the blood, and so forth. The PCR testing was finding virus fragments because when they did the culture test, they found no viable viruses. So to recap these stats, 34,424 people who had previously been known to have been, be infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, of that number, they came up with 107 who showed by testing to be reinfected. But when they did further testing on those 107 reinfected persons, they found no viable virus. The PCR testing was picking up virus fragments. In other words, in that group, it initially looked like there was 107 people, three-tenths of one percent, had been reinfected. But then upon further testing, it, they determined that there was zero reinfections out of that pool of 34,424 people. Okay, so now, am I saying that no one on the planet Earth has ever been reinfected with SARS-CoV-2. No, I'm not saying that. I'll give you an example. One of the early cases that seems credible concerning reinfection was a woman who had been struggling with cancer for five years. She had just completed yet another round of chemo, and obviously her immune system was utterly and completely at this point destroyed, and she showed up after, I don't know what it was, 60 or 90 days, I read about this months ago, 60 or 90 days of testing negative, she suddenly came up positive again, okay? But you have to understand, her immune system was utterly and completely destroyed. It was a wreck. So we take a look at something like that, and how does that compare to the rest of the people on Earth? How many other people in society have been battling cancer for five years, have gone through numerous uh, sessions of chemotherapy, and just came out of yet another one and get reinfected? Yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen. I, I'm not saying it never happens. I'm pointing out the circumstances have to be so specific and so unusual to actually create a case of reinfection. So how many cases of reinfection are there? Well, nobody knows, but I crunched the numbers to the best of my ability. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they're absolutely factual. I'm being very clear. I crunched the numbers based on the information I could obtain. And the closest I could come, and there's no precise numbers here, the closest I could come is maybe a couple thousand reinfections worldwide, right? And how many people have been infected with the virus worldwide? Well, again, we don't know exactly because there's a huge distinction between the number of people who've been tested and the number of people who've actually been infected. By my estimates, just my estimates, it appears we're sneaking up, we're heading towards one billion people being infected. By my estimates, we are certainly well over 800 million people worldwide being infected. So if you have 2,000 that are reinfected, I mean, do the math on that. I didn't sit down and do the math before I decided to talk to you today, but I mean, we're talking like 0.0000000 something. It's so infinitesimally small. It's what statisticians would call st statistically insignificant. So why are we seeing so much of this now from the media? Well, you know the answer as well as I do. Fear, Fear promotes ratings. 
Ratings promote advertising rates. So that means they, the, the media gets more money from its advertisers. The, the longer you watch, the more times you return to the website, the longer you spend on the website, the more times you click on their stories, they get more money. I mean, that's the bottom line. Media was never like just thoroughly imbued with integrity. But since social media, where everything is now a click, everything is now how long can you, do you stay on this platform? Uh, since those days, yeah, media companies, they have a choice. They can go out of business or they can get into the click game. Okay? So fear drives people to stay longer, look at more pages, click more, view longer, and that drives up the per minute or per incident advertising rate that these platforms, these websites, these companies can charge their advertisers. There is a financial incentive for these media companies to make you as fearful as possible. So that is why, and of course government loves it because then government, once you're afraid, then you'll do anything the government says, right? That, that's how that's always worked. So what's happening is, is the media is saying, okay, we have this potential story we don't really need to tell the truth about it. We don't need to break down the numbers like Dave Champion just did. We can just focus on saying, look, these people were reinfected. The way the public's mind works is if you can point to four or five or eight, well, that's as good as 100,000 <laughs> because that four or five or eight are merely in the minds of the public illustrative of all the others that are not highlighted in the article. Yeah, but it's, that's not happening. So where we're at now is where at one time, nine months ago, to a certain kind of person, it was considered trendy to say, oh, I know people who died of COVID-19. Today, now it's trendy to promote the argument. Oh yeah, I know people who've been reinfected with SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, absolutely, I know that. No. <laughs> They absolutely do not. One of the things that would help too is when you're, go this would help generally, but especially when you're trying to detect reinfection, ratchet down the amplification cycle threshold. That's really critical because the tests are picking up the RNA of the virus fragments, right? And, and fragments are obviously smaller, there's fewer of them than when you actually have an active case with viable viruses. If you turn those amplifications down, the standard's about 43 cycles. If you turn that down to say 30, 32, 33, maybe 35, you wouldn't be picking up the RNA from the fragments, right? And then I, I'm guessing the claims of reinfection would fall too worldwide, maybe a couple hundred. So I just wanted to talk with you today about the fact that when you see these stories in the media and when you see people on social media talking about reinfection, yeah, so no.